Have you ever needed some really cool fangs, but you didn't want to buy those dime store variety store fangs you see around Halloween time because they look really bad? Check out Horror Show Jack Fangsmith on Facebook and on Twitter and at horrorfangs.com. With COVID-19 shutting down all the different conventions right now, you can always send him an email over on his Facebook page and get a custom kit sent to you in order to get the fangs put into your mouth, and that way the denture material is molded to your teeth only. He has a variety of prices and a variety of different selections that you can choose from. So if you don't want to necessarily be a vampire, maybe you want some wearable fangs, maybe you want some different variety for your, your demon-looking cosplay costume, head over to Horror Show Jack Fangsmith, check out his options, and send him an email. Tell him the Dr. Chris from Radio Horror and the Vampire Movie Minute podcast sent you. Tonight, we don't have Scott Danielson with us as he is unfortunately getting back surgery. So our prayers go out to Scott uh, during quarantine 2020 as uh, he hopefully recovers from his back surgery. But he said it's not major surgery. It's only very, very, very minor surgery that's done in a day and he's sent home. So our thoughts and prayers go out to Scott. But on the show with us tonight, uh, covering the movie Once Bitten, the 1985 comedy starring Laura Hutton and Jim Carrey. We have Shannon from the Vampire Movie Club on the show with us, co-hosting with us. Thank you for joining me, Shannon. Thank you for having me. I totally forgot to tell you, by the way, that you were co-hosting this with me, because Scott, (laughs) Uh, unfortunately, is having uh, emergency uh, back surgery. Yeah, that's crazy. I am happy to help. Uh, Tonight, we are going to be discussing minutes. 70 to 75, which is on your DVD counter, because someone asked me if I could mention this as what minutes it is on the DVD counter, because minutes on the DVD counter are not necessarily the minutes that we're plugging into the podcast, is minutes 115 to 120. It begins with, oh my God, and ends with tonight. Shannon, (laughs) why don't you tell people about the Vampire Movie Club if they're not familiar with your podcast? Yes, um, Vampire Movie Club. Excuse me, Vampire Movie Club is a podcast that I started with my friends um, last year, year before. I think it was a year and a half ago. It's been a while, and we've had some life things happen. But uh, we have according the insane iPod, attempt to. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, according to my iPod, uh, which has your first episode on here, 2018. Oh, okay. There you go. 2018. Uh, we are trying. We are making a valiant effort to watch every single vampire movie ever made. Uh-huh. We're starting with the American vampire movies because those are the ones I can translate when I'm searching like IMDb and things like that. But we also have a huge um, a huge list of foreign films that we've actually gone through a couple. And um, so if you know any that aren't American that you want to tell me about so I don't have to um, translate and try to just guess which movies are vampire movies. Apparently they were really popular in Mexico in the 60s, um, and I have not gone through all of um, Mexican cinema to figure out which ones were vampire movies. 
Um, I think the only one I can think of off the top of my head that you could probably watch with the crew from Mystery Science Theater 3000, there's mm-hmm. the uh, Lucho Libre uh, guy Santos versus the Vampire Women. I'm pretty sure that's Mexican, but I'm not 100% positive, people. Don't at me. If you do know a Mexican vampire movie, just post it in the comments section below, and we'll pass it on to Shannon. I am pretty positive that that one is on my list. I'm trying to look at my list right now to tell you how many I had on there, um, and I believe Santos is on there, but I've got 748 movies. Jesus Christ. We also have not uh, verified that some of these aren't porn, so <laughs> the number may go down. <laughs> I mean, if it says Muffy the Vampire Slayer, I can guarantee from personal experience to let you know that is porn. Yeah, I think like 1313 Boy Crazy is also a porn, but I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> um, you're even going to cover terrible vampire movies like Vampires Suck, which I was so excited for because I hated the Twilight movie so much at the time that that movie <laughs> came out, and that was absolutely terrible. <laughs> yep, we have all of them. We've got, uh, I'm trying to see, I'm looking at it right now. The, yeah, everything that we can think of. We've got German stuff on here. Apparently they were really popular in Japan in the 90s. Uh, we just watched this, and by just watched, I mean we watched it, and I was in the middle of editing it, and we had to take a hiatus oh. because I had to give birth. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, and so we watched a 1970s Czechoslovakian surrealist um, vampire movie called Valerie and Her Week of Wonders. So, like, we're trying to get some of the foreign ones in there that we can um, that I found. So, Awesome. Well, you have also covered Once Bitten before, and your I heard that episode of your podcast, and I think that was one of the first episodes I heard when I was looking for other people's opinions about Once Bitten. Mm-hmm. Your opinion of Once Bitten is kind of mixed for all of the right and wrong reasons. <laughs> I was going to re-listen to our episode of Once Bitten because most certainly that um, we recorded a bunch beforehand um, because we, we've we had some life changes going on. So we recorded a whole bunch and then I started releasing them and then I had to take a hiatus because we had my son. And so now we're getting back up into releasing and editing and things like that. So I don't even know how far in the past we had watched Once Bitten versus when I re- edited it and released it. It's fun times. Um, I remember, so I was going to re-listen to my episode, and I got three seconds into it and then had, um, you know, mom stuff to do. It was awful. Um, and I think I remember things. <laughs> well, we are going to start with the minutes at hand, which happened to be uh, right at the beginning of the, uh, where we, I'm sorry, blah. Where we left off last time, uh, Russ and um, Jamie learned that they could have just asked Mark about the bite marks on the inside of his leg, and he probably would have told them because they've been best friends forever. Also, we brought this up with me and Scott. Why the hell didn't his girlfriend just bring it up to him? I don't know. I mean, she's seen him in his shorts before, as she claimed when they were in the dressing room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've seen you in your shorts before, Mark Kendall. Boy, you sure are acting weird. Walks off in a huff. (laughs) The the language used by Jamie and Russ discovering that they feel like they are probably homosexuals is probably not the for the uh, the best of this movie's detriment. Um, Most certainly. Um, so I thought I was watching the five minutes before, and I get 
full of rage when I watch these older movies that have virgin shaming and like gay bashing. Um, and I think that's one of the things that made me stop liking this movie when we watched it originally, where I'm just like, nope, we don't need any of that. And uh, we have a bunch of friends telling us, hey, watch this movie from the 70s, watch this movie from the 80s. And I'm just like, I can't. This is the worst. Why are we doing all of this always? Um, and so I had a lot of rage. And then I felt bad because I'm like, I'm going to come on this episode and I'm just going to be like crazy lady raging about uh, everything. Um, and then it was the next five minutes. So maybe I'll be more calm. I recommend the Hammer movies. I do a podcast called Boobs, Blood, and Badasses where me and my mm. co-host Ro talk about uh, Hammer horror movies, not necessarily yeah. just the vampire movies. And we actually just finished all of the Dracula movies. And nice. I can't remember any of the Dracula movies being either anti-homophobic uh, – I mean, sorry, uh, homophobic, anti-homophobic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, being gay of any kind in the Hammer movies doesn't – really come up in Britain cinema back then a lot. You know what I mean? They weren't yeah. as um, making a point about being uh, very PC or anti-PC. You know what I mean? Also, those mm-hmm. series were set in a time period that that kind of topic doesn't really come up as much as it does in, let's say, 2020. The slut shaming? Oh, God, absolutely. Especially when there's uh, a scene oh, yeah. where a group of men who are tired and bored with their aristocratic rich white male lives decide they need to go to a whorehouse to, you know, uh, get their kicks on, despite the oh, fact right, that... Oh, right, in that one. Yeah, uh, it's a... Uh... They all kind of blend together, because we're... I think we got to four... I think we got to four um, before we had to stop, and the plots are starting to bleed together, because I feel like they're all Dracula, where it's just, like, rich white guy gets trapped in the mountains, stays at an inn, goes to, like, um, brothel... Right. Chaos ensues. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and then we, we rate the movie at the at the very end uh, when we're done, and we'll continue it through now we're in the Frankenstein movies, which get, oh boy, the Frankenstein movies of, of the Hammer films uh, are, for the most part, okay, except for one in particular that even Peter Cushing was like, what the hell do I have to do now? Um, <sighs> yeah, so we'll get to it when we get to it, but... Uh, so Ro and I rate the the best uh, boobs or cleavage in the movie, the best blood splatter, oh. and who's the badass of the film. And most of the time we nice. were to uh, Christopher Lee because why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Except for when there was Paul because there's the Paul trilogy of those Hammer movies. <laughs> they have so many Pauls. Do they go into the other monsters as well? Uh, yeah, there's a werewolf. Uh, there's one werewolf Hammer movie and two mummy movies, one of which was your typical mummy wrapped in bandages head to toe, played by Christopher Lee, and one was a um, mummy brought to life with an absolute amazing boob job. Oh, okay. Yeah. So We do have um, a boob tally in at Vampire Movie Club um, based on how many boobs we do see, because there are so many. Yeah. Um, so many. Yep. Yep, we will. Uh, we definitely, we definitely discuss that. Uh, we just posted this week Captain Chronos Vampire Hunter, and that nice. is my favorite Hammer movie because he's such a swashbuckling, you know, hero. He's very like we talk about how he's like James Bond with his women, like you know. And Carol mm-hmm. Monroe is not your typical damsel in distress. She wants to get like you know into the nitty gritty of helping these two guys. 
Um, the reason why she's in the stockade at the beginning of the movie is because she's dancing on Sunday, and you can't dance on Sunday back in the 1800s. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but we we make a bunch of Footloose references because you can't dance in Footloose. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we move on to Robin gets into the car with Sebastian, and Mark does mm-hmm. a dive over the counter to go after him. And then it's basically like a, a ride up the, the hill to the mansion. Mm-hmm. Yep, she got kidnapped and up the hill, although I do love Sebastian. Um, I'm glad he was featured in these five minutes at least a little bit because he's fabulous and wonderful. I'm wondering what he said to her besides, because all, cause when, they, when they get to, when they get, when they break in and she's like, you needed me, he needed you. That's it. That's all that it took for her to get into the car with Cleveland Little. Right. I mean... Stranger danger. <laughs> it was also 1988, and that's why we have so many murders, because people just got in cars with people. I mean, I, I, not 88. I'm sorry. 85. 85. I'm drunk. Yeah, 80, 35 years ago. 35 years ago, this is how old this movie is. Um, which makes, uh, we also did the age, too. Uh, Jim Carrey was 18, and um, uh, Laura Hutton was 38. So that actually kind of yeah. matches up to be, you know, the older temptress. And kind of reminds me of, have you ever watched Riverdale? No. Oh, so on Riverdale, real quick, uh, the actor who plays uh, Archie was the youngest actor cast on the show. Everyone was at least now over 18, 19, or in their 20s. And he was 17 years old when he got cast as Archie Bunker. Or not Archie Bunker, Archie whatever, uh, Archie from Riverdale. And (laughs) uh, he has an affair with his teacher – yeah, uh, the older woman from the comic book has been completely de-aged from 60 all the way to her mid-30s. Oh. And the actress who played her was the same age as she was on the show. So um, they waited until the actor who plays Archie is 18 to do yeah. the semi-nude sex scenes with her uh, out of just respect for, you know, laws and things like that. Um, but the fact that they had that relationship and those two actors were those far apart in actual age fit perfectly. And it does here as well, because Laura Hutton is supposed to be much older than, or the Countess is supposed to be much older than Mark. Um, And she was obviously a veteran actress or model at this point. She had very few acting roles, but she was a veteran model going all the way back to the 60s when she appeared in Playboy. She is a former Playboy Playmate of the Month and Bunny at the Bunny Mansion. Oh my goodness! And there are there all her Playboy pictures are online, and she looks stunningly beautiful. I believe it. Oh yeah. Um, I yes, she's gorgeous. So they break in, and Robin is like in the basement in this chair. In the oh my goodness! It's the weirdest place. It's like, is this where you put your kidnap victims, Countess, before you kill them? I don't get. I love the chair, by the way. It's got the bat wings behind it. Very cool. It's it's a glorious chair. It is. It seems like it took them 10 seconds to get from a window to this room, and she's very conveniently, like, staged there with her legs crossed and to the side and just like, here I am, ready to be rescued. Yeah. 
I, uh, I, I had mentioned this to my girlfriend about this scene, and she's just like, is it just me? Or my girlfriend asked me, did she look very, very hot in that scene where she's just like elegantly tied down in, you know, in the chair? And I'm like, no, she does look very pretty. But she's also wearing like a short skirt and everything. So it kind of adds to the damsel in distress, you know, look that you would see in like comics or, you know, old men's magazines from back in the day. I wonder if when filming, they wanted her feet normal, and then they realized you could see right up her skirt, so they had to, like, conveniently, like, tilt her so that she wasn't quite so flashy to the camera. Probably, probably. I do like when Mark says, can I have any privacy? And Fred's right? like leading in going, <laughs> and as soon as they try to escape, they get captured again. Not right away. Just. I don't know where those people came from, uh, the people that they run into, because they come through the window, down the hall, turn the corner, find Robin, and then go to head back, and they're there. They must have some other hallway, obviously, um, I think but when I was watching it, they I mean, just they pop up. They definitely probably heard the window being broken into. Oh, yeah. Um, this is, by the way, uh, Twink Vampire Twins, um, Ace Vampire. Oh, by the way, there's another person... Uh, uh, I, I, I almost forgot. So you remember how I mentioned that twin vamp uh, sorry not twin um girl vampire is in Friday the Thirteenth and she's actually mm -hmm. a twin of another woman who's in that movie with her redhead vampire who I think is cabin boy vampire like pirate ship cabin boy he was in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Oh my goodness. Okay, do you remember the kid at the beginning of the movie, the chubby guy who's just like, can I have a popsicle while Mark is trying to get it on with Robin? Mm -hmm. He is in Friday the 13th Part 5. He gets murdered by uh, a guy at the camp, and then his father sees it and goes nuts and becomes Jason and tracks down everyone at the camp and kills them off one by one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Everybody's just in this Friday the 13th series. They, they, they are, yeah. It was, a huge, it was just like every five minutes going, hey, he's from Friday the 13th. Hey, he's from Friday the 13th. Um, mm -hmm. So what the hell is in Countess's hair? Because it reminds me of that stupid thing Mrs. Peacock is wearing in Clue. Yeah. <sighs> I want to say it's supposed to be some sort of fantastic fascinator. I don't know what she's wearing, and I don't know what the big – like, I know the big black sheet is covering the chair, the, like, really weird chair that she decides to do his final bite on, but um, – The holy third. <laughs> it's not – good visually <laughs> like i'm looking at it and it's just a big black ball blob and she's in all black and like he's in all black and everything is just like crazy right there blobbed together it reminds me of the dentist chair of doom because that's what it kind of looks like a dentist chair it doesn't look like a woman's uh what uh, you well you just had a baby what's the thing called the women put their feet up in oh the... you put your feet in stirrups but like no, like, it's not that at all. It reminds me of, like, a baby bike seat mixed with, like, a circumcision board because those are weird shapes. But, yeah. I love how he's just like, okay, now I'm getting angry. It's like, it's fine. They're not intimidated by his anger at all. Nice shorts, Mark, by the way. Couldn't have worn something with little color. Very bland, in my opinion. Oh, my goodness. And... Yes. <laughs> now we share a mystical experience, Mark. And that's how it ends, as she says, tonight. And then we're pretty much at the end of the five minutes. That was a solid five minutes of just getting into the basement and then that. And it's so funny. Like, all of her Lauren Hutton's lines um, are just – her lines are quite ridiculous in this scene. 
yeah, she's a little silly. But that pretty much ends the five minutes for this episode of the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. And you can find us on the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. Scott and I both run it. And you can find Shannon on... We are on Twitter at Vamp Movie Club. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Vampire Movie Club and Twitter at Vamp Movie Club. And if you want to send us an email, you can, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Don't forget to also leave a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you are in another country, some foreign lands, across the planet Earth, we unfortunately do not see all the iTunes reviews that are in your country, but we appreciate them. And if you do leave one, send us an email with a screenshot of that review, because I've had people over in the U.K., India, Afghanistan, Australia, Russia, and China send me clips of their reviews on their iTunes for their country. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back next week with another five minutes of the Vampire Movie Minute podcast covering Once Bitten.